Trolled Hard by Frank Larned. I want to talk about this attitude, Taylor's mother shouted from downstairs. Taylor flipped the double bird in the direction of her voice. He flung his book bag onto his bed. His room was littered with piles of dirty clothes, empty cans of code red, airsoft guns, game cases, crumpled Wendy's bags, and stacks of computer magazines. Taylor kicked his way through the mess and shook the sleeping cat from the folding chair besides his computer. Come on, he muttered, swishing the mouse back and forth. As Monitor glowed to life, Taylor leaned back, smiled, and cracked his knuckles. The screen loaded up classmates, neighbors, and strangers. His fingers went to work, dancing over the keys like an organist at a Pentecostal church. You're dumber than Down syndrome. Die, faggot. Nice tits. You smell like fish, slut. You got no friends. Everybody hates you. You should kill yourself, fatty. Taylor typed in Melissa Chandelof, and the screen flashed to a mousy-looking ninth grader. Scrolling down, Taylor found the post he'd been looking for. Last night, my mother passed away after her long battle with throat cancer. I hope that you will all pray for my family in our time of need. Taylor scrolled down to the comment box. He giggled to himself as he typed, (laughs) Your mother's dead because your ugly face killed her. His finger floated over the enter key, ready to press, when a red notification popped up on another tab. Taylor steered his mouse over and opened the page. Tagged, Taylor muttered, clicking the link. It was a video. Someone had titled it, Picking a Winner. Taylor leaned closer. Is that me? From the angle and the glare of the glass, Taylor could tell the footage was shot outside his bedroom window. It showed Taylor sitting at his computer, typing, while classical music played. What is this? As the music swelled, the camera panned in closer as Taylor pushed a stubby finger deep into his nostril. The close-up footage showed his finger furiously rooting, probing, searching, and then finally pulling a glistening, multicolored booger free. As the video's music reached its crescendo, Taylor lowered the dangling wad of snot into his open mouth. Taylor slammed the mouse down onto the desk, rattling pens, action figures, and empty soda cans. An instant message window opened. What the... Trestle Tramp. How do you like my video? Taylor's fingers snapped to the keys. Taylor 99. Take that shit down now! Trestle Tramp. Or what? Taylor 99. Or I'll fucking kill you! Trestle Tramp. Come try. You'll find me at Cedar Bridge. Taylor stared at the screen. Dozens of notifications popped up. Classmates and friends were sharing the video and leaving comments. The video already had 108 views. Taylor rose from his chair and slung open his closet door. He pushed through the clothes and boxes, digging in the darkness. Leaning in the back corner stood a gray and scuffed baseball bat. Taylor jerked the bat free and took a practice swing. Oh, you're fucking dead. Twenty minutes later, Taylor's ten speed rattled down the unpaved access road that led to Cedar Bridge. As he pedaled closer, he could see the bridge's tall, corroded supports and single pocked and rutted lane. During the fifties, it had been the only way to cross Mud River for ten miles. Now it was 
forgotten and overgrown with rust and kudzu. After removing the bat from the handlebars, Taylor left his bike in a patch of tall weeds. He slung the bat over his shoulder and followed the footpath parallel to the bridge. Ahead, the ground dipped sharply toward the river. As he walked, Taylor's shadow bounced alongside him, tall and dark against the concrete pylons. A twist of smoke drifted up from below, carrying the smell of cooking meat with it. The aroma was crisp and strong, like spoiled raccoon flavored with shit and gym socks. Gripping the bat tightly, Taylor hunkered down for a better look. Hidden under the bridge's shadow was a crumpled shack, tucked away on the bend of the river. The shack was rigged together with abandoned sheet metal and bent aluminum siding, empty cans and piles of trash collected alongside its walls. A wind chime made of chicken bones clanked gently beside the doorway. Inside, a large, undefined shadow shuffled about. I got you now, cunt cake. Taylor inched closer, and the soft earth crumbled under him, sending him tumbling down the embankment. He flopped head over heels to the riverbank, screaming as he fell. As he tumbled, the bat flung from his grip and splashed into the river, disappearing from sight. He came to stop two feet from the water. He lay there for a moment, listening to the sounds of the water flowing past and waiting for his head to stop spinning. After a moment, he sat up and inspected the bits of gravel that peppered his palms. Shit on me, Taylor groaned as he sat up and brushed at the dirt on his pants. The door of the shack swung open and a troll emerged from the doorway. It was close to seven feet tall, with a bulbous, pocked nose and thick, squat limbs. The creature wore sweatpants with dark, crusty stains and a tattered grey hoodie. A long string of snot hung from its nose, swinging back and forth like a hypnotist's watch. Screeching, Taylor turned and clawed at the embankment. You came, the troll said, and grabbed the back of Taylor's shirt, lifting him into the air. I knew you'd like my video, Taylor shouted. Oh my god, let me go, ignoring Taylor's howling and thrashing. The troll dragged Taylor into the shack and slammed the door behind them. Settle down, the troll growled. The inside of the shack was less than ten feet in length. The floor was a mix of empty cans, discarded wrappers, and animal bones. Near the door was a small bench made of two red picnic coolers and a plank of driftwood. Scattered about its surface were a few rusted knives, a digital camera, and a battered laptop. A small fire pit flickered in the center of the shack, where a plump cat roasted on a spit. You'd better let me go, Taylor shouted. His voice high and crackling, the troll tossed Taylor onto a filthy, stained mattress, swarming with flies. With one clawed hand, the troll pulled off his hoodie, revealing its hairy, frumpish, boil-ridden torso. Taylor sat up, his eyes wide and panicked as the troll tossed the hoodie away. Taylor's voice squeaked. What are you doing? I'm going to mate with you, the troll said. Yanking down its sweatpants in one fluid motion, Taylor looked away. But, but I'm a boy! The troll gave out a thick, (laughs) mucousy laugh and lay down beside him. Taylor felt the troll's calloused hands caressing his shoulder tenderly. Silly boy, 
trolls can breed with any disgusting thing. The troll nestled up against Taylor, its rancid breath in his ear. And you are the vilest and foulest creature I have ever seen. Taylor grimaced as the troll grabbed his head, bringing their faces together. I love you, Taylor. Kiss me. Hey, Billy, why do you look so down? Aw, Dad, I got a computer, a PlayStation, and a barn full of iguanas, and I'm still bored. <sighs> Gee, Billy, when I was your age, I would read lots of stories in pulp magazines. Oh, with stories of weird adventure and fantasy, horror, satire, and lots of action. Wow, that sounds great, Dad. Yeah, I sure wish there was something like that right now. <laughs> there is Daddy-O! Who are you? I'm Dr. Mary Von Roxbrocket, host of the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, and now there's... Yeah? Twisted Pulp Magazine! <laughs> What's that, Doctor? Why, it is a return to greatness! Available on all your digital devices! That is what it is! Look! This looks awesome! Exciting and, dare I say it, very unwholesome. You definitely have that right, my good man. Ha <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Mary! My pleasure, Billy. And just between you and me, I am not sure that this man is really your father. Bye! Dad? Uh, just read your Twisted Pulp magazine, Billy. Twisted Pulp magazine! Available in dark alleyways behind meth labs everywhere. Or at Amazon.com or ArchaicMedia.info. That is A-R-C-H-A-I-C-M-E-D-I-A dot info. <laughs> it was 2.30 in the morning and Barry was still on GarageSale.com. Lily awoke, saw the quick flash of light on their darkened bedroom wall from the computer's monitor. She sat up eyes barely in focus. Her blonde hair was matted to the left side of her face. Lily rubbed her eyes. Barry was shirtless. Lily saw mounds and mounds of hair on his back, each strand waving at her because the central air working overtime on such a hot summer night. She watched him nod his head and began typing fast. Lily rose from the bed and stood. The strap from her nightgown slid from her shoulder and momentarily revealed her right breast. She coughed to get his attention, but Barry was caught up in something. She rolled her eyes and placed her breast back into her nightgown. What are you doing? Lily said, annoyed by the small amount of attention from Barry. Barry jumped at the sound of her voice. Nothing, he squeaked. He retrieved his man's voice and said again, Nothing, honey. Lily walked over and peered over Barry's shoulders. Oh, she said, disappointed. I thought I would catch you looking at porno or having an online affair like normal people. She walked into the bathroom. He could hear running water in the toilet. Instead, she appeared again in the bedroom after a loud flush. I find you still on GarageSale.com, bidding on crap we don't need. It's not crap. Barry stretched his arms, bones cracking like incidental music from a scene in a movie. I'm a collector, Lily. 
Everything I buy is classy pop culture. Yeah, like Ernst Borgnine's underpants he wore in the movie Ice Station Zebra? Don't mock me. I did find a buyer for that item. Old Mr. Coleman down the street gave you five bucks for that item. So? He's a collector, too. Barry, he's a 75-year-old gay man who talks to a phonograph of Truman Capote. That's not normal? Lily stared at Barry for a moment. There's no getting through to you, is there? She wearily climbed back into bed. We have a garage full of stuff we can't use, will not use, and no interest in them other than you bought them from GarageSale.com. You will be an alone divorced weirdo trying to sell a comb once used by Danny DeVito for pennies to buy your next meal. I'm just warning you. She removed her nightgown and threw it to the floor. Now get in bed and make love to me, and I won't divorce you. Barry's face fell. He sighed, turned off the computer. Okay, he said with the enthusiasm of a man about to be hung from the neck at the gallows. In the morning, Lily was awakened by Barry's cries of joy. She bolted upright in bed, looking around expecting something other than her husband glued to the computer monitor laughing and high-fiving the cat. I did it! Barry screamed and the cat ran off with its tail in a question mark. Lily crawled out of bed and put on her nightgown. She heard herself say it but didn't want to ask him. What did you do? Knowing that was a mistake. I want a saxy, Lily shrugged. What the devil is a saxy? Barry tapped his forehead with his index finger and thought a moment. Well, he started, thought some more. It's a... Uh... God, Barry, don't strain yourself. <laughs> Lily. You don't even know what you bought, you idiot? Lily angrily sashed into the bathroom. I do too know what I bought he called out to her. Barry looked at the computer screen. It read, GarageSale.com. Congratulations, you have won this item. Saxy, a subhuman that grants any number of wishes. It requires very little demand of you and with its power of wish fulfillment could change your life forever. Lily looked at Barry stone-faced. You are an idiot, Barry Hughes. She clicked off the screen for GarageSale.com and signed in to her email. Why would you do that? Barry was puzzled. We could use this. Barry, this kind of thing doesn't exist. Just like Ewoks, leprechauns, and unicorns. Unicorns did exist, Barry exerted. They died out with the dinosaurs. I saw their definition in the dictionary. Why did I marry you? Lily checked her email. Several from her mother she didn't wish to read and far too many Facebook comments on a picture she uploaded of the cat. Barry thought a moment, then he spurted out, Because you love me. That's why you married me. Lily scoffed. I wouldn't go that far. Might be because of your butt. Lily, I need some gas money. She sighed. Get my card, honey. She went back to answering the email to her mother. Try to have a nice day at work, okay? Barry placed his clip-on tie, made a sour face. Today is 10% off for senior citizens at the store. Those blue-haired old ladies creep me out when they get too fresh. Lily laughed. <laughs> That's what you get when you're cute and the assistant manager of a grocery store. Yeah, they sense my power. Barry leaned over Lily's shoulder and kissed her goodbye. I'll have dinner ready for you when you get home, she called out to him as he went out the front door of the apartment. Barry waved to her and closed the door. Barry came home about six that day. He managed to pass through the front door of his apartment and plopped down on his chair. Tired hands reached for the remote, but dropped it a few times. 
Retrieving the remote control the last time was when Barry noticed the old, naked man lying on the couch. The old man was blind. His body no longer obeyed his brain's command to move. His hands and feet were drawn in from horrible arthritis. Breathing was very difficult for his inflamed lungs. Barry stared at the old man, which was lying on his back, breathing heavily. The old man sounded like a vacuum cleaner with a golf ball stuck in the hose. It didn't register to him who it was. He remembered that Lily said her father was dead, so that's not who it was. Ditto for his father. Was it the homeless guy from down the street that kept badgering Lily for cheese? Who was this old geezer, and why did he smell like a goat? Lily? Barry called to her. There was a rumbling from their bedroom, and she appeared in the doorway of the living room. Yes, dear? Lily said with a smile on her face. Barry hit a button on the remote, and the television turned on. Immediately, he began to channel surf, watching the screen as a visage of changing faces and body parts, along with different locations and products, appeared and disappeared. Barry never once took his eyes from the glowing box. Who is the old naked man on our couch? He said calmly. What old naked man, Barry, my love? Lily folded her arms across one another. The one right there. Barry pointed the remote to the old man who was now coughing and spitting something up, then swallowing it back in, repeating the process several times. That old naked man, Lily. Oh, yeah, him. Barry moved his eyes to meet Lily's cold gaze. Are you going to tell me who he is? It's your package, dummy. She walked back to the bedroom and slammed the door. Barry dropped the remote and jumped out of his chair with childish enthusiasm. He rushed to the old man and looked him over. You're kidding me, Barry cried out, laughing wildly. This is awesome, fantastic. Have you tried him out yet? Barry noticed she wasn't in the living room anymore. He searched for the box the old man was shipped in. He found it behind the couch. Barry shrugged. Hmm, not as big as I would have thought for a man shipped in. He found a note handwritten. No refunds. Course, Barry shook his head. Lily appeared again. Why did you do this? Because I always wanted someone to grant me wishes, Barry said, matter of fact. You used my credit card, Lily said. How else would I get this wish master, Barry grinned at her. Lily stepped forward and raised her fist to hit Barry. I wish I had a thousand dollars every time you did something stupid. As she said that, her fist popped Barry in the nose and several bills from the Treasury Department appeared in her balled up hand. Barry fell on his backside hard. He realized his wife had just punched him out. Barry! Lily screamed, her voice cracking at the last syllable. Did you see what just happened? Barry was shocked. He felt the pain his bloodied, pulsating nose attacking every one of his senses. I saw my wife hit me, he said in that hurt little boy voice he uses when he's upset. My loving wife hit me with her fists. No! Money appeared out of thin air in my hand. Lily helped Barry to his feet. He ran for the bathroom. Oh my God! Lily was writhing in joy. I can't believe this is happening. Barry darted back in the living room, holding a towel to his nostril. You didn't have to hit me, he exclaimed. Sit down, honey. Lily took Barry by the arm and placed him in his chair. She cocked his head back and held the towel to his nose herself as she sat on the arm of the chair. I'm sorry, baby. I got carried away. You know how angry I get at the simplest things. I don't mean to hurt you. You know I never intentionally mean to hurt you. Barry thought a moment. He sighed. It's okay, I guess. Lily rubbed her hand on his shoulder. You're a real sport, Barry. He nodded. Yeah, too much of one. So you think the old man granted the wish? Lily shrugged. 
You said he was a... Saxy, Barry said. Right. Lily stood, touched her lips with the towel, and then threw it at Barry, hitting him in the chest. A saxy. There's no restrictions on how many wishes you can have? Yeah, Barry said with affirmation. That's what GarageSale.com said, he said. He began following Lily as she paced the room. No, she said. There's no way you can get all that without a catch. No way. Gotta be a catch somewhere. Lily stopped, turned to Barry. He lifted an eyebrow. Why can't we just enjoy the wishes and not worry about consequences that may not exist? Lily looked at Barry incredulously. He drew an air and held it, waiting for Lily to downsize him for the statement. Then she smiled, shrugged her shoulders, and laughed. Yeah, she said. Why not enjoy it? Yeah, Barry repeated her. Why not enjoy it? I wish I had the most expensive bottle of wine on the dining table, Lily stated. They walked into the dining room. There, the bottle sat, already uncorked. Lily and Barry burst into laughter at the same time. They hugged each other. Barry took her by the hand and placed her at the table. He kissed Lily softly. She turned red in the face and turned away from him as she always did after he kissed her like that. I wish a steak dinner and shrimp was on the table, Barry said. And they were not surprised when it appeared on the table. As they cut into their steak dinner, Lily looked into Barry's eyes and told him she loved him. Barry awoke in the morning in a frenzy. He stumbled out of bed, his vision severely diminished. He felt his way from the bedroom to the living room, shouting for Lily. In his trek was a lot of things they wished for and a lot of money laying around. TVs, stereos, different foods. A Cadillac outside parked where his van was. Clothes from the best designers in the world. Jewelry for him and Lily. Twenty miles away, a three-story mansion belonged to them as well. Barry crawled on his hands and knees, calling for Lily. He was stopped cold when he felt a man's leg. It was the old man, dressing in one of Barry's suits. He heard Lily moaning. She was lying on the couch, completely naked, because clothing hurt every part of her body. It was difficult for her to breathe. The air was difficult to catch. Her lungs inflamed. Her tongue was ravaged with cancerous sores. Her hands and feet were drawn up from intense arthritis. The old man helped Barry up, hugged him as he spoke in broken English. Greed, he paused, laughed. <laughs> it destroys the body, eh? The old man left Barry standing there in almost complete darkness. Where did you go? Barry screamed over and over, weeping. Lily still moaned, tried very hard to put sentences together. Her broken body would not obey her brain's commands. GarageSale.com Two saxies for sale. Bid ends tomorrow, 11 p.m. This is Jackie Ayers, and you've been listening to Dead Airwaves on KKRN. Episode 1, Trolled Hard by Frank Larnard. Read by Victor Aurelius. A saxi for sale by Mark Slade. Read by Rhonda Mitchell. Theme music by Tim Slade.